evening, everyone, and my thanks again to Ken Quiet-Hawk for that amazing intro. Uh, I just love his voice and, and his website and uh, is spectacular. He's at nativestorytellers.com, and he and his wife are native storytellers, and they do amazing things, and you should check them out. His website is phenomenal, uh, and his voice, of course, I don't believe can be topped. So, welcome to Nightlight again, and tonight's our night to, to have adventures with Michelle Avanti, and Michelle is here with us. Michelle, welcome to the show. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody made it tonight. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, every now and then we have those those brain glitches, those brain freezes, and and uh, I know when when we change time zones and stuff. You know, when we go to daylight savings and out of daylight savings, it my system is is absolutely screwed up royally. So, um, and every now and then I I kind of. You know, when we have a holiday, I lose track of time because I'm usually a day ahead or a day behind of everybody else because my schedule has been interrupted and therefore my regular things like garbage pickup and stuff like that, um, mm -hmm. totally screwed up. So it happens to the best of us. So don't worry about it. And, and, and actually, Mercury was retrograde and... Uh, yeah, it's still retrograde. <laughs> Just about ready to go forward, though. How how much how often during the year does it go retrograde? I mean, is this something that 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 happens you know reasonably often, or is this? It's it's three times a year. Feels like it's a lot more than that. I know, and it's because you know it it usually takes about three weeks. And when you count the shadow that comes before and the shadow that comes after, that adds up to five weeks. And five weeks is a lot of time when you figure time's three. That's, you know, three months, a little over three months out of a year. Oh, wow. And there's, there's another statement that I hear frequently thrown around by astrologers. And, and I've even been saying it wrong. Um, it's, it's the moon is void, of course. But that oh, doesn't yeah. mean, but it doesn't mean the the moon is void of course it is it means that the moon is <laughs> it's very confusing it if you don't know what it means astrologically i mean when somebody said the moon is void void of course i assumed they thought i knew what it meant and they said of course and i thought well of course it's it's <laughs> void and and then i got a strange look and i realized both of my feet were in my mouth um so I mean, uh, moon goes void, of course, to explain that in a very simple way, okay? Happily. Based on Ptolemaic, okay, Ptolemy was an astrologer, and uh, he had the basis of the aspects that we use, which are the conjunction, the opposition, the square, the trine, uh, the basic aspects. Once the moon has passed every basic aspect it is what we call void of course. So it has no more basic aspects that it can make to any planets. That period of time before it goes into the very next sign is a period we call void of course moon. And that happens every couple of days. And uh, sometimes it's only for you know 10 minutes. Sometimes it's for a few hours. But uh, when the moon is void of course, 
uh, it's a period of time where you can pretty much say anything you want to anybody, and they probably will never remember it. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to start paying attention then because, you know, I thought it meant that it wasn't aspected by anything so that it wasn't influencing anything so that it was it was kind of a nothingness. Well, it kind of is. It's like, you know, astrologers will always tell you, don't start a new venture in a void of course moon because the chance that it will ever go anywhere is not high. So, you know, if you're sitting there having a great conversation with somebody and you say, oh, man, we should do that. <laughs> if the moon is void, of course, you're not going to do it. <laughs> and how oh many goodness. times has that probably happened? <laughs> More than so, I care to, more than I care to actually admit, to be honest with you. But it just, it, it's sort of there. There is so much built into astrology that most people don't realize is there. Most people just think it's, you know, big deal is where the stars were when I was born. But how does it, how does it predict my future? And the, the reality is, I mean, it, it gets down to when you can meet someone, when you should say I do. Um, it gets into past lives. It gets, I, I mean, your astrology chart has a ton of information in it on top of being also an amazing tool for um, learning and, and getting into self-awareness and some of your emotional blockages and all sorts of phenomenal stuff. So, so a good astrologer becomes a fabulous counselor. Yeah, we, we, we have so much to offer the individual. You know, I think uh, President Reagan is the greatest example of the moon void, of course. Uh, he used it, you know, his wife, Nancy, uh, always had astrologers that she worked with. And uh, he used it whenever he had to tell the American people something he did not want them to think about. He made sure to do it during a void, of course, moon. And when we look back at President Reagan, we think of him as a great president. Most people in this country will tell you he was amazing. Yeah. Yet, you know, the Iran-Contra situation went down under President Reagan. He did some things that were really horrendous, but he made sure nobody was going to hear about it unless the moon was void, of course. And I'll tell you, when we look back at him, he is like the shining star of what you can do if you pay attention to a void, of course, moon. <laughs> wow. Now that's, that's, that's actually, um, you know, Trump should pay attention to that. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, well, we won't go there, will we? No, we won't. Um, I, I do want to mention to everybody, Deb has been getting calls um, for the last hour, I guess, people calling in for, for readings. And so, of course, now now there's nobody there. But um, if, if people are interested in getting a reading from Michelle, she's here to do them. And the number, the call-in number is 918-707-8787. going to say it again, 918 918- Seven zero seven eight seven eight seven. If you'd like uh, Michelle to dip into your stars and see what you have in line for yourself this coming year or decade or whatever, I think that um, that having an, a good astrologer that you can sit down with and, and really roll up your sleeves and, and take a look at at what you signed. I, I think what it is, the stars are actually. Um, a representational of the contract that you made with yourself before you came into this incarnation. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with you on that. And, you know, a good astrologer doesn't say this is what's going to happen. A good astrologer tells you these are the options 
and the resonating factors of what is most likely to happen and how you can adjust to that or how you can minimize that or how you can expand on that will be up to you. So, you know, we, we're able to tell you, you know, this is a period of time. For example, I'm sure you've heard people say, well, my astrologer told me that, you know, this is a period of time I could have an accident, so I have to be extra extra careful. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wise. You know, there, there are times. Years ago, um, I had uh, an activation of Uranus, and Uranus is things that happen suddenly, out of the blue, unknown. You can't see them happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, activating uh, my Mars and activating my Moon and activating my Mercury in a hard aspect all at the same time, and it was a, and I knew it. I mean, I knew I had about a week's time there where I needed to just really be careful. And my husband, my birthday was in that time zone, oh, <laughs> and my husband said, "No, let's go out to eat dinner." And I says, "I don't really think it's such a good idea." I said, "Do you want to drive?" He said, "No." I said, "Well, I don't want to drive." <laughs> and he talked me into it and there I was at a stoplight and it was at an angle the street was at an angle to the oncoming street so my head was turned to the left just kind of scrunched over to see what was coming yeah and I was at the stop sign and a lady just rammed into my car oh, <laughs> she just drove right into me I was sitting right there and there was zero nothing I could do to avoid her yeah, it was just really terrible but uh you know, you can minimize it by, you know, not driving your car. <laughs> well, I, you know, but but aren't there things that even though we know that they might happen that 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 are necessary in order for our evolution sure. to happen? So no uh, matter I, I agree with that. I mean, I do my best though, you know, if I see something challenging, I'm going to tell a client, you know, and of course it's always up to the client and the karmic situation. You know, we do solar returns for people and, um, and there are, when you do a solar return, when your birthday comes again, okay, every year when your sun, when the sun in the sky goes back to the exact degree it was at the moment you were born, Based on the location you're going to be on your birthday, we create what is called a solar return. It's like a birth chart for the upcoming year for you. Mm -hmm. And that can help you achieve certain things if you get it done ahead of time so we can try to move that chart around. So in other words, you might have to travel somewhere in order for you to get the best chart possible. And I've had people say, well, I really would like to enhance my options to have a relationship. So we'll look at the chart and see what I can do with it. But invariably, you know, if karmically they're not supposed to, mm-hmm. all the locations will be in the ocean. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like, well, I just can't do anything for you. I had one client who actually got on a cruise ship. Oh, no. Oh, it was hysterical. She called me from where she was on the ocean to give me the latitude and longitude so I could see her chart. Oh, my Lord, that was hysterical. Yeah, no, I I'm, don't tell people go do that. I mean, we we do have karmic things. We do have a plan, and uh, and we can't necessarily get our way around them. So well, are the karmic plans... I mean, um, absolutes, are they carved in stone or are they? You know, I don't, I don't think all of them are. Some probably are, but I, you know how 
we are raised allows us to think in different ways. Mm -hmm. We can be raised in such a way that we are sure that what's going to happen is going to happen and that's what's going to happen. And other people realize that, you know, there's a little light in there and you can manipulate because you are a divine being. And when you have that option, then you bring in the angels and you do change things. And I will uh, encounter individuals who've had terrible relationships for years. It's like they just can't seem to connect with the human being who will respect them and honor them and be an equal partner with them and recognize them for who they are. And, um, And I'll say to them, you know, if it's a karmic thing that you're doing where you're cleaning up karma with each one of these people... Why don't you ask the spiritual beings if you can do that on the inner planes and stop doing it on the outer? And a lot of the time we can. There's lots of things that we're able to get away with doing on the inner rather than on the outer. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a zone where you keep repeating something and you can't seem to get out of that repetitive cycle, ask. Ask for help to do it a different way. Say, I'd like to use the dream state and go on the inner planes And work through this so that I don't have to experience this. It's too hard on me in the physical. So uh, you can do that. Uh, You know, I've done all kinds of things on the inner in order to not do them on the outer. I don't like to have, I prefer to have an easy life if I can have it, you know. (laughs) Well, since since nobody's called in at this point, um, I, I would like to try something with you. Okay. Um, and we've kind of talked about it, but I just, I got out my paperwork here. I know that with a birth chart, we know exactly, you know, what, um, you know, you're able to sort of predict or foretell circumstances for that person, you know, during their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And because I believe the soul is eternal, I would, I, I was wondering if the moment of death lets you know what the spirit is going to be doing in the next dimension because it becomes the birth date in another dimension. Well, that's true. So, uh, so I have charts are um, are based on an Earth center, so it will be questionable. And yet, on the other hand. By looking at a natal chart and looking at the date of death on the natal chart, we can witness the beginning of the next cycle. So there is ways to get some of that information. But if you want to give it a try, let's go ahead and do it. Whose death chart do you have? I have Patrick's, (laughs) my my ex-husband. Well, my late husband. He's still my husband, I guess. He's just not here. So he died on October 24th, 2012. Hang on, let me get it in here. I just got a little notice because I hit something wrong. October 28th? 24th. 24th, 2012. Yeah, 2100 p.m. 2100. We don't do that. So 2100 would be 1 a.m.? No, it would be... Um, oh, 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 wait. Yeah, no, that's... Uh, what is nine, it? Two, nine, two from nine, 11. It's 7, 7 no, p.m.? It's 9 o'clock. Nine? One, yeah, yeah, nine o'clock, 2100. Because okay. 12 o'clock would be 2400, so nine o'clock p.m. You're positive, right? I'm not doing this wrong because 
you did it a different way, but then I'm dyslexic and I do everything wrong. So, uh, what is, yeah, 20, 2400 would be um, the end of the day, right? So, okay, 2100 would be nine. Got it. So, I was, I was there, it was nine o'clock. <laughs> okay, so where, where did he die? Waterbury, Connecticut. Waterbury. Okay, well, let's go take a look and see what that looks like. October 24, 2012, 9 p.m. Wow. So at the moment he died, he had Neptune, Chiron, and the moon all at the midheaven in Pisces. What an intuitive, amazing, creative adventure. Yeah, and he was he was a Pisces. He was born February 23rd, 49. Mm-hmm. So he was a Pisces too. He and I are both Pisces. And uh, and he 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 died with the Sun and Saturn, making a trine to the Moon, Chiron, and Neptune. So here is somebody who, highly intuitive, and the journey, the new journey, would be one of I desire to understand all things of spirit. I want to be psychic. I want to heal all issues of uh, being naive or being too soft or being too easy. I want to heal issues and yet come out strongly compassionate. Now, see, he was a biblical theologian Mm. and not into intuition or anything like that. So that um, our getting together brought the spiritual, mystical sort of into his frame of reference where it hadn't been. He was more of a, if it's in the Bible, then it's true. And if it's not, then it's not. Mm-hmm. Well, so, certainly a lot of uh, visionaries in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> we call them intuitives and psychics. Uh, they had yeah, to be they, something. Um, they call them prophets. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, a lot of people seeing things in the Bible. <laughs> so, so, so with that kind of, that would make sense to me. In that, that he turned a page and he went almost to the other side of, of what he had experienced this lifetime. Yeah, and uh, he died with the sun in Scorpio and Saturn in Scorpio. And that's a lovely combination when you think about it. <coughs> and it's trying to, to the moon. It's a basic, basically saying, I am, I am coming into a new life where I will have both my emotions and my personality or ego working together to discover what power is, what is real power, what is the stabilizing or the central understanding that goes through all space and time of what power is. What are the real controls behind the throne? Mm -hmm. And I will open the door to understand that. So it's it's an interesting, um, a very strong statement. Well, he was a researcher, and he he always questioned everything. And I often said, I'm surprised they even let him in on the other side because you know he would be he he would be hunting down everybody and saying, what did you really mean? You know? Yes. Well, I I think he's probably was doing that or is probably still doing that. Oh, I would imagine, yeah. Sat- Saturn in Scorpio um, is someone who wants to have a foundation or knowledge and build that knowledge and they will uh, dig 
in any way they can. And in the fifth house, uh, they're landing in the fifth house here in Waterbury. So the statement is, I will socialize and connect with others who can give me this information. And uh, the trying to the moon at the midheaven in the 10th house says that I will have the opportunity to connect with so many, probably we could say from his biblical perspective, people who are prophets or people who wrote religion or people who are spiritual. Mm -hmm. And uh, their opportunity exists for me to understand those states of consciousness. How cool is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, you often, you, you know, as a medium, you know, I can, I, I don't get... I, I can communicate with spirits. I know they're okay. I can give them, you know, people um, a modicum of information. But as far as, you know, what they're going through, what, what levels of instruction, what what their spirit is involved in is a whole other ball of wax. And, and you know, um, I, I often find I am communicating with people that, that haven't been through the, the spiritual 101, that haven't been given the guidebook yet as to, to, you know, where do I go and what do I do? Why am I here? Because it's, it's, it's merely a clearinghouse for, for, um, for other dimensions and other possibilities for the spiritual development that's going on. So that I know for a long, for a while they, they are on the other side um, in that dimension and, and the longer they're there, they, they begin, they lose the density that they had as a human spirit and they go more and more into um, an etheric form of spirit. And that etheric form is what moves into whatever future dimension life experience is most appropriate for the spirit. Mm-hmm. So that, so that, you know, you do kind of wonder where are they going? They, they don't always necessarily come back to this planet but they do go go into situations that will enable them to grow and to stretch and to evolve to an even greater degree than they already are. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, you kind of – and some come back. You know, I, I fully intend to come back because I have a great time here. But, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, put me into a body of someone who doesn't believe in any of this stuff and it's going to be not a fun thing. So, you know, I kind of want guarantees before I sign up again. <laughs> good luck with that <laughs> yeah I, well this is true but but you know the, just... the, the thing about signing up is we are like children mm-hmm. if you say to say to a group of kids okay we're going to the coast who wants to go to the coast and some of the kids don't like water they're going to just say no i'm not going and the rest of them are going to say wow awesome yes i want to go to the coast so everybody gets in the car who wants to go no one has any idea what they're going to experience going to the coast mm-hmm. and no one is going to give them a guarantee although they may say okay i guarantee we'll all go horseback riding when we get there i guarantee we're going to build castles in the sand when we get there and i guarantee we're going to sleep overnight at this hotel and have the best dinner at this restaurant so you get maybe four or five guarantees but the journey in itself is the revealing experience Mm -hmm. and the conversations that go on in the vehicle and the conversations and the people that you meet and the creatures that you meet and the way the sun shines or rains or whatever happens, all of those experiences are unidentified. 
So that's pretty much the way it comes when we decide to come back here. We get a few guarantees. For example, you say, I want to clear up the karma with that guy. And uh, you're gonna, <laughs> because you just said you're gonna. <laughs> so that's in your roadmap. You, you will stop and, at some point in your life and clear up that karma. But there's a lot of space between clearing up the karma with that guy and the rest of your life. So it's true. And, and the thing is, in my understanding, and, and of course, it's limited, and, and some of it is... It's got to be this way. Um, and I jokingly say, at some point in time, your spirit goes into the house of reincarnation and you sit down with a counselor and she gives you a checklist. And she says um, to you, check the things you want to experience this lifetime. And, 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 and by experience, you're not, you don't get details like, you know, I want to have a car accident and I'll survive it and yada, yada, yada. You, you ask for situations that enable you to grow in this particular area. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, and some people um, sit there and, and they've been on the other side a long time and they, they are pure spirit and they figure out, well, why don't I just finish it all this lifetime? I'll check all the boxes. Oh, God, no. And there are. There are. There are idiots like that. And then <laughs> and then there are other people that say, you know, I just would like to have a nice, calm, nothing life. And, and you know, just, just be on the earth plane. And so they don't check any boxes. And, you know, both are mistakes. Because if you don't check any boxes, you could end up in a perpetual coma for your entire lifetime down here. Um, and, and if you check all the boxes, you could, you could be one of those people that are constantly having issues blow up in your face. So, and when we're on the other side, we've been there long enough so that we don't think about what might happen. We just think, Oh, I'm going to go back down to earth again. I think it's time that I stretched myself a little bit more or it isn't earth. We come down to, it's another planet altogether. It's another environment, another dimension, another life form, another, another avatar, another um, atmosphere. So that, so that you're asking for situations that will help your soul to grow and develop. And, um, I, I, I every now and then think that sometimes people get together and they go to a local bar and they have a couple of drinks before they sign up to reincarnate. And, you know, they sit around talking and say, I sure as hell I'm not coming back as your husband because you were a crummy wife. And, you know, <laughs> and it may oh, have so funny. God. But, 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 you know, the other side can't be so serious that you can't have lightheartedness. Oh, no, there's there's lots of lightheartedness. Matter of fact, laughter is key to the higher worlds. There, there, are, there are spiritual wisdom temples at, at, a vari- at every level, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is one that I used to go to quite often, and it is a spiritual wisdom of, uh, of humor, of laughter. It's a wonderful place to go. Everybody's always just enjoying the world. And anyone in the physicality who is not well, I highly recommend you uh, say before you go to sleep at night, I'm headed to the spiritual wisdom temple of laughter. Because you will eventually get well if you keep laughing. Laughter opens up every chakra. 
-hmm. and allows the healing energy to enter the body and allows the body to become healed. So, you know, if you're suffering from anything, um, I highly recommend that. And, and you'll go because you don't need a roadmap. You are a divine being and simply making a statement takes you wherever you want to go. Absolutely. And, so. and it, it really is that easy. And, and you know, so many people um, want to make things like that so difficult. You know, that you have to do this ritual and that ritual and this ritual. And well, that's, you know, that's, that's, you know, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime of being taught that you are not the power, that you have to have a matrix for the power. Whether that matrix is this particular God or this particular church or this particular uh, candle or, you know, this particular circle, whatever it is, those are matrixes. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, who you are is the power, whether you make use a matrix or not, because it's you who creates the power in the matrix. Well, exactly. And, you know, we all have a piece of the creator inside of us. And all we have to do is allow that piece to sort of guide, direct and, and assist us to get to where we need to go. And I totally agree with you about laughter. There are a lot of studies and I, I, I read one not too long ago where a woman had cancer and they told her there was no no hope and all she did was was rent um comedies and she yeah. spent six months laughing that's all she did from the time mm-hmm. she woke up she was watching these funny movies and and you know she was just laughing and at the end of the six month time frame when she should have been long ago dead and buried they retested her and the cancer was gone yeah so yes it's it, it that is a truth and uh, and I wish laughter on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's you know, in this field, in this craft, this 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 profession that we're in, it's not a profession; it's a way of life. Um, if if when you're working with people, you can get them to laugh, you know, there's hope. Um, Absolutely. You and, know, I and did. I, I did a. Um, I used to be a journalist. I used to, I until just a few years ago, actually, uh, I stopped doing that. But um, I had um, a newspaper that I wrote for up in Minneapolis many, many years ago, and uh, I was assigned to do an interview of the man who was uh, the head of human psychology, human health for uh, the state of Minnesota. And his name was Hank at the time, and he was a wonderful man. Uh, I went to meet him. He was a psychiatrist, and he worked with, you know, dozens of psychiatrists. And one of the key questions I asked him, and I will never forget it, this is a man sitting there in a suit and wearing a tie that looked like a fish. (laughs) (laughs) And you have to keep a straight face. Okay. At any rate, uh, I asked him, I said, well, you are the person who is the line between a person being uh, officially considered insane and being put into an insane asylum or being put back on the street. What is it? You know, what is the element that you look for? How can you make that determination? And he said to me, there is no sense of humor. It is gone. They have no sense of humor. 
Ah, that blew my mind. <laughs> and I will never forget it as long as I live. Now, I don't know many crazy people. No, I don't know anyone who you could say is officially crazy. We all have our moments when we're crazy. <laughs> that oh, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Now, I, years ago, I was, uh, Spirit always has me do strange and unusual things when I get into a situation with someone who is uh, losing it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I was with some friends and we were in a car headed to go pick blackberries. And one of the people in the car was just really off the charts. Uh, they were just, they couldn't say anything positive. It was just negative, negative, negative. And I finally said to Spirit, you have got to help this person. What am I supposed to do with them? And, you know, they're making everyone else in the car very uneasy. And uh, as I'm driving, Spirit has me turn down the street. And as I turn down the street, the right side of the street is just it's a cemetery, just a cemetery with no walls or anything else, just gravestones, a whole acres of gravestones. And so I stopped the car and I says, OK, you want to die? Get out and go lay down over there. <laughs> <laughs> and they just looked at me and the whole car burst out in laughter. It's like, <laughs> OK, reality check. Oh, OK, gosh. we can start again and everything's fine. <laughs> So, you know, spirit has a way of helping you along if you ask for help. And uh, and I never know what it's going to be, but it was totally remarkable to me. Well, it, you know, when I when I did uh, when I served in the pulpit, the very first time that I did, I was so serious and I researched it so thoroughly. And and my message was so intense that I really I put 90 percent of the congregation to sleep. I put the girl at the at, at the organ did fall asleep and and I kind of took a nap too. So <laughs> it it was and after 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 the service, you know, people thanked me and I guess they were thanking me for the good nap, but I was pretty sure I would never be asked back and and they did ask me back and and when I I did return, I I got it to the pulpit and I said, "I promise you, I will never give a sermon to you again." That was horrible and that there, <laughs> that there are people here is just amazing I said and and I don't feel qualified to give a sermon to you but I will share with you some of the lessons in my life that that I have had and the wrong turns I have made so that you can make your own and you don't have to make the same one I did and I found that every from from then on every time I did um a sharing um, I, I had them belly laughing at least once. And every time that happened, I knew my message had gotten across and they would remember it. Absolutely. And Probably the greatest compliment of my entire life. And, you know, I've had compliments over my lifetime. I've been very gr grateful, uh, to have them, but, uh, I taught a lot of astrology classes years ago, as well as other classes in Tarot and whatnot, meditation. But I was teaching an astrology class at the time, and I always welcomed my students to go ahead and make tape recordings so that they could listen again, because I'm not a slow speaker. And if you're just learning, it's good to hear it again. You know, you something might have gotten by. Sure. And, uh, and one day uh, before class started... 
woman came in, one of my students, and she had two kids with her. One was probably five or six, and the other was maybe seven or eight. And they came running up to me, and they says, oh, we love you, we love you. And I'd never seen them before, and I says, oh, well, thank you. And I just kind of looked at them quizzically, wondering why. (laughs) And, And their mom says, well, you know, I play your tapes in the car. And then they just chimed in. And we love you. You're so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's just so cute. I mean, that was a huge compliment to me. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, you know, it's, it's, you, you never really know a lot of the time what kind of impact you're having. When we do the radio shows, um, you know, you and I are talking and people from around the world eventually will be listening and tuning in. And, you know, and, and it's kind of like we don't really know exactly um, what the impact is of what we say. And, and yet I get wonderful, wonderful feedback from people, you know, about how they heard the show and, and how much and, and in, in some cases, one or two, um, that, that we changed their life. Yeah. You know, um, Danian Brinkley, I don't know if you know who Danian is. He is a friend of mine, but um, he wrote a book. He's the man who who hasn't been able to die is the way he, he, he marks himself. He was uh, uh, on the phone uh, speaking to a friend in the middle of a storm and uh, got electrocuted, basically burnt up from the inside out and didn't die. But uh, while he was out of the body, he rem- he ended up remembering every experience, and it happened to him more than once. He three times he's died, as I know of. But um, he said that while he was out of the body, he experienced seeing all these different people who had come through his life and who he had touched or connected with, and feeling their emotions, not his own, but their emotions through those connections. And one of the people, he said, he said, I was just walking through a turnstile and a woman was coming through from the other side and I smiled at her and I waved and said, hi. And then I went on and that woman was about to commit suicide. And because I had said hi and smiled and gave her all this love that she felt, she didn't commit suicide. Wow. How cool is that? Um, Michelle, I think we have a call. Okay, um, then. Uh, hi, caller. Are you there? Uh, is that me? That's Hello? you. Hi. Who is this? <laughs> uh, this is James um, from uh, Sydney. Um, um, James, what's your date of birth? Um, 17 June 1969. June. You just had a birthday not too long ago. Happy birthday. Uh, that's right. Thank you. June 17th, 1969. Do you know what time you were born? Uh, I believe it was around 5 p.m. 5 p.m. And where were you born? Um, Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne. Is that where you are now? Oh, I'm actually in Perth now. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I travel. So this is so cool. You're t- you're in tomorrow, so we know that Earth is not yeah. ending today. <laughs> you're yeah. crazy. Because no, no, she he's in our future. I know. I love that. Uh-huh. I have some clients down in Australia. It's always very difficult to figure out <laughs> when to talk to them. 
to do. Oh, well. Well, let's take a look. Is there something you want me to key in on, James? Oh, gosh, there. Look, I, I guess it, is it one question? I think it's is that how it works. Or, or let, let's look at career, shall we? Um, well, I no, it, it works that I just will look at it. <laughs> but if you have something I want you want me to look at specifically, I will uh, focus there. I mean, as I look at your chart, you have a Sag rising. So I'm not surprised you're, you know, you're from another continent and calling here. Sag rising usually has a very wide world outlook. But Saturn is very close to your ascendant. And so you may be feeling down or depressed. To, so do things good for yourself. Uh, treat yourself really kind while this is doing that because it's a very challenging period the time when Saturn is in this position. Plus, it is challenging your natal uh, Pluto. So that can be kind of difficult. And I don't know if your dad's alive or not, but issues with uh, people in positions of authority can be very challenging during this period in time. This would not be the time to ask for a raise. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> so I would stay away from that. <laughs> And uh, in, in a couple of months, everything, it will have passed over there. But uh, it is going to make a square to Uranus before long, too. And I probably should go forward to take a look. Um, in your chart, when we talk about career, you have Virgo, if, if the time is right. And, and we don't know the exact time. You said 5 p.m. And so I can be off here a little. If you're not feeling uh, uh, down or you've been feeling down for a while, then... If this chart may be off in that the timing uh, is I'm late or if you're not feeling any of that, I might be early. I don't know. OK, so I want to be careful of, of giving you timing when we don't have an exact time. But nonetheless, it's somewhere in there if you were born around 5 p.m. And uh, looking at your chart, you have um, Pluto going through the second house, if this timing is right. And it's uh, only recently entered that house. When Pluto goes through our house of money, it is not an easy experience. Um, the good news is you were born with Pluto in Virgo, so uh, Pluto in Capricorn, when it goes direct again and it gets closer to the 22 degrees, is going to give you some opportunity of empowerment. But while it's going through your second house, you can't be sure of money. And that's the big problem with it. It's like Pluto, wherever it goes, it kind of gives you a couple of years, then it removes everything. So you have to start again, then it gives you a couple of years, and then it does it again. So while it's going through your house of money, you can have ups and downs with money. So I always recommend when I see it in that house, don't you know, don't just spend money no matter how you're feeling. And uh, there can be times where uh, we have uh, Jupiter activating our moon or activating our Venus in our charts. And, and, and we feel like we're on top of the world and we can spend money. Don't do it. Uh, because Pluto will be a while going through this house and you don't want to take chances. It's, I always say, you know, I'm, I'm an Aquarius, but Saturn is the ancient ruler of Aquarius, and some of us tend to be pretty shy of throwing money away. <laughs> so, um, but uh, it is going to, when it gets to 22 degrees, there will be an opportunity, and I kind of like to go forward for that. Um, so tell me, are you, have you been feeling what I'm, I'm telling you already, or it's in the past, or what's going on? 
Well, look, that's um, um, yes. So with, with the down stuff, um, look, absolutely. I think since Easter, which is oh, since April, um, certainly I have it has been yeah okay not depressed but certainly blue a lot yeah um, yeah it, it makes you feel cold you don't feel like you're lovable or you're you feel like even being loving anybody I mean it's it's a challenging experience yeah so again the energy's up has, has been difficult for a while but um, I appear I think I've just turned a corner um, so I mean the energy's feeling good now um, with the, oh. the, the the cash yeah that that comes and goes I mean it's it's like seasons. One moment you've got enough, the next moment you don't. Um, so, um, and uh, yeah, so that idea of planning. Well, you, you do what you can, but um, so yeah, all, all, all those things sound sound right. Um, um, so, um, well, in in March of 2019, uh, actually, it's even before March. It's February, probably. Somewhere between, yeah, it was around February of 2019, and it could even be late January of 2019. That is when you're going to have a Pluto trying Pluto. And what's interesting is Saturn's coming up right behind it. Saturn's applying, and Saturn rules your house of money. So you're not a person who, who throws money away anyway, which is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you spend money on things that are quality, that have are going to go the distance. You You look for things that are going to be well worth the money you spend it on and uh so this period in time that's when if you want to ask for a raise or you're looking to take a new step up that's when you can do it and you will have both pluto and saturn at your back um so that's where i can see that happening and uh and you you know you have your south node in here and the progressed is right on top of Pluto right now uh, or well it will be at this time sorry not right now but in in 2019 in the end of uh, February the beginning of March and uh, the the nodes tell us you know where have you been in past lives what talents are you carrying and and the north node of course tells us what is it you're wanting to accomplish as soul what is soul saying i want to accomplish in this life and your north yep. node is in the fourth house uh you were born with it there in pisces and pisces does rule that house so you're saying you know i want to have a, a home where i can really sleep at night where it can be really um it's comfortable and content but not like it's not trump tower you know i mean it it's not important to you that it be super fancy uh, but it needs to have a sense of uh, contentment Uh, it's it's not expensive but nice really comfortable and comforting and there is a whole statement there that i want in this lifetime to gather the information of the universe through my dream state. So I want my dreams to be a place where the information that spirit wants to give me, I can hear, I can experience, I can travel the inner planes and experience the worlds of creation. So there is well, this... I do have... 
Do you do that? It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that, that is yeah. very much uh, part of who you are and what you came to do. So now with the at this point in time, in Mar- or the end of February, the beginning of March in 2019, uh, the progressed south node will be right there on top of your Pluto. So all of this is coming together to get you to where you wanted to go. Uh, your south yeah. node is in Virgo and your midheaven is Virgo. And Virgo is the sign of service. Uh, so a lot of the time people with that are serving in some capacity. A lot of the time it is in the, the area of health uh, where they're doing something that helps other people become healthy. And we have a variety of uh, things that uh, will do that, of course. You have Taurus on your sixth house cusp and Capricorn on your second. So you may be a person who could do massage. A Taurus is very physical. Uh, on the other hand, you could be a person who helps people dance free of uh, problems that they have. Um, these are odd things I'm saying, but they do make sense to me. So, yeah, it, it does. And, uh, I help people in financial distress. So uh, I think there you I'll go. help them dance. Yeah, Vir- Virgo, Virgo can be very much the accountant, the engineer, the individual who yep. makes sure that you become accountable for every detail. And and Capricorn on the second house cusp is all about uh, you know, the person who knows how to see the big picture and then helps a person get the details worked out so that they can handle that big picture. So, yeah, you're you're in the right zone. Plus, your part of fortune is in the second house and you were born with it in a trying to Pluto. So you're not a person who does not know how to handle uh, empowerment. You can be a very powerful individual. Plus, you were born with Pluto at 22 degrees of Virgo. So you're saying in this lifetime, I will master the issues of empowerment, power, transformation, as regards the details of the physicality. I reckon that's what I've been going through as a, the last lessons in the last oh, quite a while, I think. So, um, interesting. Yeah, well, right now, Jupiter is actually making a direct square to that Pluto. So you're being challenged to expand the way you see things. You're being challenged to take it to another level. You're being challenged perhaps to take it to the outer world in a way that you haven't in the past, maybe through publishing or writing or speaking or teaching or or something to do with the Internet, blogging or whatever. You know, there's so many ways that you can... Uh, connect, but you're you're being challenged by Jupiter. Uh, Jupiter saying, "How how are we going to go the next step? Take the next step." Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. wow. So I, I say um, go for it. Twenty two degrees. You you're a soul who said, "I will," and you will. <laughs> <laughs> that is fascinating. Um, I have had no idea there was so much detail in in the minutiae. Extraordinary. That was very good. Oh, well, good. I'm glad. There's a, a person, I can talk about a person's chart for days. So there's more detail than you can even begin to imagine in these charts. Wow, well, that's just amazing. Well, yeah, I, I was just amazed. That's um, clearly a master of it because it's um, that's extraordinary. Um, thank, you. thank you, Barbara. Oh, thank you for calling. Thank Take you. good care of yourself. We wish you every blessing. And giving us hope that tomorrow will actually come. (laughs) (laughs) Good night now. Good night. Thank you. Bye. I guess it's not good night. It's good day, but. (laughs) 
I like that. I do too. I, I just, you know, it, it, um, he's absolutely right. The minutiae you can get is just fascinating. Yeah. And it's- down to probably, down to probably, you bit your fingernails when you were younger. I mean, you know that's. Oh, that's... I, I, sometimes I get, you know, I the things I've told people in my lifetime. Some of them, the people I can still see their faces when I look up from the chart and I see them, and they're like their mouth is hanging open, they're staring at me. Yeah, that's really a cool thing. We're gonna we're gonna break in a couple of minutes, so the music will start, and and then you have five minutes to get up and get something to eat or to drink or to whatever. Or to but, dance. Or to dance, yes. I mean, I love I love their ads they put on. I actually sometimes just sit and listen to them, especially the ones that go into the Monty Python stuff, because Monty Python was <laughs> insane. I just loved Monty Python. I, I just I'm so sorry they no longer do it because Yeah, that Monty Python was the far side of its time. Well you know what what they were I think pure channels, like Robin Williams was a channel. Yeah, he, he channeled stuff. He just he just put his ego aside and said, you know, let her rip. And Jonathan yeah. Winters, another one that that you know that totally could not be scripted. You just had yeah. to sit back and just enjoy because there was there was some sort of wonderful magical thing that happened when they were when they were on. Because they they did let spirit just take over and do its thing, and and it was always better than anything could have possibly been scripted. When Robin Williams was the genie for Aladdin, they literally did not script him. Mm-hmm. They just I didn't know that. Yeah, just, he he go. was he was such a brilliant well comedians to me. I've always said, you know, the greatest gift you can have is the gift of comedy. And the man we just spoke to, uh, despite all the heavy stuff that's in his chart his son is in gemini so he gets it <laughs> gemini is the sign of the comedian his mercury is also in gemini cool. yeah that's the sign of the comedian a lot of the time uh, a really really awesome comedian will have uranus very close to their ascendant and it will be uh, with mercury in gemini and uh, when we see that they're just a step beyond they're at the point we should look at that sometime you know pull up some of the great comedians charts and look at them that would be fun well you know and a lot of great comedians also have they're very shy and isolate and sometimes go through great depression and and their their comedy is a way of breaking out of that yeah well i think being a writer is always kind of a an independent kind of thing we're kind of into our own zone i know mm-hmm. you you can't, you can't write 95,000 words unless you're just writing. <laughs> you can't talk about it. You just have to do it. And, yeah, uh, that's very true. And, yeah, I'm and, about ready to get into my book two of my, my series. I have written maybe five of the chapters. And so I'm Jupiter's going to get ready to go into the next sign. And as it does, that's my time. Wow. Do you just shut yourself away and go for it? Uh, if I can, I do. Otherwise, I just have to be very disciplined uh, to pull away on certain days. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. We'll we'll be back.
This is Nightlight, and if you like what you're hearing, click over to the support page and make a donation to help us keep this amazing station up and running. Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com is totally listener-supported. From the owner to the hosts to producers, who we can't live without, to the staff, we're all working here because we love the work and are dedicated to putting out quality material for all of you. Be it large or small, every donation is greatly appreciated and helps us all keep on supplying information and material to educate and enlighten you that isn't found elsewhere. Heaven knows the variety on this station, on, on both both uh, studios, Studio A and Studio B, has an eclectic supply of material covering everything from the far left to the far right to outer space and beyond. So uh, you'll find something here, no matter what your preferences are. Uh, you'll also find things that will make you angry and things that will make you cry and things that will touch your spirit and things that will lighten your heart. So check out all the different programs. We are all very, very different and happily so. So, uh, you know, please uh, 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 you know, take advantage of everything that's there. If if you can't if you can't afford to share anything with us, okay. Um, but uh, if you can, please do because it it is a station that is absolutely precious. I think we have another caller. Hi, awesome. hi, new caller. Are you there? Six oh five. Hi, Michelle. Yep. Hi. <laughs> Um, hi. I is, hi. <laughs> Should I just give you my birthday then? Yes. What was your name? Is your name Michelle? Yep. Yep. Okay. And your birthday okay, is? So 12-19-82. Year? 1982? 82. Yep. Okay. So December 19th, 1982. And what time were you born, Michelle? Um, 10.34 p.m. 10.34 p.m. And location? Marshall, Minnesota. Marshall, Minnesota. I love Minnesota. I used to live there a long time ago. Okay, let's go take a look and see what's happening in your world. Now, have you ever had a look before at your astrological chart? Yes, I was blessed by your reading last time, you and Barbara, in December. Oh, cool. And I've been paying attention to it a lot more. And the chart that I got online really brought up a significant date, which is going to be September the 22nd. <clears throat> and so I was in particular curious about what I should expect that time. Oh, well, let's go. Yeah, I will move your chart right to December 22nd and we'll take a look at whatever it's it is September, there. September. 
Right. September 22nd. September okay. 22nd, which is uh, the day after the ingress, uh, the the cardinal ingress. So let's take a look. Let's see what's going on on that day. Pluto is uh, basically on top of your Mercury, hitting a midpoint right between the two in the house of uh, relationships, uh, falling in love and uh, creativity and socializing. So there may be a major transformation coming up. You may end up uh, finding yourself uh, meeting someone who uh, is a powerful individual who will bring some powerful presence into your life. And there will probably be someone who will be older than you. So that is rather noticeable. Let's see what else is noticeable. Neptune at that time is at 12 Pisces. See if you've got anything activated by that, because it's on the angle also. Whenever we have Neptune traveling through the seventh house, uh, we can be in that dreamy zone where if we meet somebody, we could fall in love and not. Um, we need, a, I, I recommend, of course, a second opinion when you have Neptune involved, because you will not see the person for who they are. You will see them for who you want to see them for. Uh, so they will be what you think and not necessarily who they are, but they might be who they are. It's not a guarantee. <laughs> so um, it just says that they will certainly appear dreamy to you. And Neptune, of course, is uh, activating. Once it turns around, it's it's not direct at that time. But once it goes direct, it will also activate um, that Mercury and that house of creativity and whoever it is you might meet on that day. Or around that day, because it isn't necessarily that specific day. But let's see what else That's is given. That's another thing I was curious about is how how um, how many days it would last. Because it, it says something on my chart here about Saturn, but I was like, oh God, what's? <laughs> well, Saturn, Saturn, yeah, Saturn is at twenty-one, and it's traveling through your house of uh, the home of residence. And uh, well, Saturn travels through the home of residence. We don't move. So there's no no moving during that period of time, and it will be there for a little while still, another year probably. But um, let's see, it's at 21 degrees here. No, I don't, I'm not seeing anything at 21. Chiron's at 23. Um, Michelle, um, my Michelle. Um. <laughs> okay, let's yeah, the old Michelle versus the young Michelle. How's that? Okay, old Michelle, um, I'm seeing a great deal of karmic activity going on here. So is there something that, that indicates something karmically from perhaps a past life coming in to, to connect, to enlighten, to work with, with past life stuff here? Well, the, node, the north node is traveling through uh, the house of karma and past lives. Okay. And it is at 22 degrees on this day, while Saturn is at 21 degrees on this day, and they're making a direct trine in the sky. But we have to have activation of a planet in the natal chart for that to bring it full counter. Uh, there is activation in a challenging way with Chiron, which I was starting to actually talk about. So we're right in the same zone there. Okay, uh, Chiron is where we're most wounded in life uh, or from a past life. And... 
as a result of that wound, we have to find a way to heal it, and then we're able to help others heal. And having Chiron in Taurus in the ninth house says that in some past life you may have, or even in this one, you may have had some uh, uh, security taken away from you as a result of something, some legal action or something in a university, someone who might have even been a a craftsperson or someone who... we could say a religious leader, but it doesn't really feel like that. It's, it doesn't feel like that to me. And uh, with Saturn making quincunx action, there's stress going on here, trying to get whatever this old issue is healed. And uh, your progressed moon is in this same zone at 24 degrees. So really, you should already be going through whatever this is a month ago. Uh, a month before this, which would be the end of last month and somewhere where we are in time now, that progressed moon was is at this point in time on top of your Chiron. So something to do might have to do with family, have to do with a home, uh, have to do with your mom. Uh, there's something there that uh, where you feel like something that happened with her or through your family that you feel that you've been wounded or hurt and something of your own uh, security, maybe property, uh, you didn't get something that you may have felt you should have gotten or something wasn't given. Do you understand? Do you have something that that relates to? (laughs) Not particularly with property or security, no, Um, but definitely since, you know, birth with my mom. (laughs) there's something there there. ever and then (laughs) right okay interesting yeah yeah well i try try with her but it doesn't really work (laughs) you know so yeah well it's a stress situation and and uh when saturn is activating here uh it's like issues regarding your father come to the light and there may have been uh, an absence it could be an absence of your mother because of your father it could be an absence of your father and therefore your mother had to be like a father there are a lot of different kinds of statements that can come out that cause uh you not to have some of the loving experience or the sensual or the i want to say when I say crafts, I you know, when we think of a mom, we think of someone, a positive kind of attitude is that they, they make nice things for us. They're there for us. They make sure we have nice clothes to wear and whatnot when we're children, you know. And uh, those things, uh, some of them might be missing. And uh, it may have been at this point in time, you may become aware that it's not just your mom. It, it may have had something to do with your dad. And sometimes when we grow up, we have to discover that uh, dad is not the glorious person that we may have held him up to be when we were children. So, um, can I, can I interject? That's like a hundred percent what I'm going through. Okay. Uh, yeah, can- go ahead. Um, and, and of course, this has nothing to do with the astrology, but I keep getting that there is a past life where the, the two of you were family, and I'm not sure exactly what the relationship was, but I do know that that um, in some way or form, her position in that particular lifetime, she loved you tremendously, and and what happened was at some point in time, 
you betrayed her and and it hurt her terribly and this lifetime it isn't that she doesn't love you it's that she's afraid to show it for fear she'll be hurt okay so it, and i can see that because there's this always you know a blockage with us and um and, and, and I've and, always felt like she's been afraid of me, to be honest. Oh, that is weird. Okay. Well, and, and it's just that she's afraid to show her feelings for fear she'll be rejected. Hmm. Okay. And, well, you're and, right. You're right at a time. This is a pivotal time for you with Saturn in this position because your progressed Chiron is at 22 degrees. The North Node is at 22 degrees. And your progressed Venus is at 22 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the master numbers standing there looking at you and saying, we can do this now. We will master this now. Uh, so and, and Saturn bringing forth whatever absences or controls that now you're becoming aware of that maybe you were not aware of at that time. But you were born with, you know, the moon making a square to Chiron but not close but the progressed one is getting closer and closer and every year it will get closer um, and in what is it three years two yeah three years well even in two and a half years you're going to find that that square is fully formed and once it's fully formed you have to at that point in time, if you haven't done it already, I'd say this is your time to do it. Uh, you will be pushed to actually get this thing resolved. So uh, I'd say do it now. And and the key here is it's, it's not always easy when it has to do with a past life to completely help the other person forgive you. Um, if you're the person who has done any kind of ish, anything to them. But you have to be able to say to your mom, you know, mom, I love you dearly. I know you love me. We don't always quite find a way to connect in a way that is loving. And in any way that I can help to resolve that, I want you to know I will do what I can um, and honor her as best as you can. And, you know, I can tell you a story from my own life and it's kind of a horrendous story because it's from a very long time ago, lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes ago, where I was a priest at a time when people were pushed off of cliffs uh, and we pushed them into the volcano or whatever we pushed them into and it was a horrible thing to do and I met one of the women in this lifetime who I had done that to. And there was no way that woman could forgive me, no matter uh, what I did for her. And, uh, but uh, we have to bless. And if you've come into the lifetime where the person is actually in your family and you have all these 22 degree marks, you will do it. And it will happen. It will work for you. So just keep loving and keep your heart open and forgive yourself first. We don't always understand it. You know, I can understand mine because I was a coward, obviously. But uh, we have a lot of reasons why things happen. And we have to give ourselves the wide breadth of knowing that consciousness is developing. And at that point in time, your consciousness was not where it is now. And you did the best you knew how at that time, just as she did. 
So love yourself, forgive yourself, and do your best to open up to her, to help her maybe take another step to trust you. Very interesting. I never would have expected it to be that, but I mean, as you speak it, it's it's been set up for me for so long. Um, I mean, (laughs) there's been so many synchronicities and everything, but it kind of sucks because I feel like I've been doing that forever and I get the cancellation three times in a row and I get the, okay, now I'm going to see you, but I'm going to, I'm going to stand way apart from you and not embrace you. And then I will quickly. Sweetie, you just have to keep doing it. It, One day it will change. It's going to be worth it in the end. It's definitely worth it. It it is definitely worth it in the end. But you have to be free to let her be who she is. And her fear is huge. You know, if you can think about what I did to that woman. And we're talking about millennia ago. I mean, this is a long, long time ago. She could not. Her daughter was also someone that I was connected to and her daughter had no problem forgiving me but different people have different states of consciousness but you just have to continue to be whole wholly who you are now and love as best as you can and suggest to her if you can mom please if you could just try a little bit to take a step I'll show you you can trust me and you know, sooner or later, she's going to come across. But just keep loving, keep forgiving yourself and forgive her and know that she's doing the best she can. That's all any of us ever really do. Yeah, I, I just, I have to say, it isn't that she doesn't love you. She's afraid of being rejected. And, and the fact that the love is there is much to your advantage. If she just didn't care for you, it would be a whole nother ball of wax. She, from what I see, um, she loves you very much, but she's afraid of being hurt again. And, 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 you know, sometimes when that hurt is, is so much in the subconscious, she doesn't realize why she's feeling the way she is. She just knows that, that, that it's not safe to, to really show you too much of how she truly feels. So, so that, so that she does a different life. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know how to feel, but I'm just like, whoa, because I mean, my whole life just hasn't been there for me. And, you know, she went and found a a new husband who had five children. So, you know, we just, we weren't on her priority list. She had five other new children to take care of. And then on top of that, she adopted two children slowly after that. Well, we're just out in the wind, not contacted with her so so now you now you're giving us the the picture of why she's she's afraid because uh, she's already hurt you and she's fully aware of it yeah I think she's fully aware that she hasn't been there for me and, and yeah. she definitely could have been better while she mothered other children that yeah. we didn't yeah. give birth to yeah um so but it's see, confusing but I I definitely do try but I I mean she cancels on me every time that we make plans and yeah um and I do I I do I always am like oh god please let her see the truth please let her see what's real um but yeah I lately I have been feeling like I just want to give up like what's the point like no no don't don't ever give up you know no matter what don't give up because there'll be other lifetimes too so just keep stepping forward but learn 
a key lesson in life is to not have expectations. And that is the greatest challenge for all of us. When we have no expectations, nothing can hurt you. Nothing can damage you. Simply go forward and have no expectations of what the results will be and give spirit the opportunity to step in. I do like that idea. And I think I definitely do go in with expectations and it's going to be a hard one for me not to. Any suggestions? (laughs) You know, the spiritual beings told me that I needed to start doing that back in the 90s (laughs) and It takes a lot of work to do that. It's not an easy thing. I can't tell you, you know, you know what, if you just write it on your hand or tie a little knot on your finger, you'll do it. Um, it, it, You just have to make a conscious effort to say, all things are perfect no matter how they appear. I know I am loved. And I know on the inner, my mom, who is physically my mom in this lifetime, loves me intensely, completely. And it is only her fears that keeps her away. And her fears may be tied to shame that she feels. Don't. Right. And I don't, do understand don't. that. And I, so, and I, I, it's so crazy because I, I have understood that more and more with my mom. Like, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, the knowledge that she had at the time, you know, she just wasn't able to be there. Um, but then when you bring the, up the past life thing, it makes so much sense. Because I have my entire life felt like, I guess I, I don't know if I felt this or created this in my head, but I felt like when she was around me, I made her be truthful. And she just never wanted to be truthful. And, and so whenever she was around me, she's like, oh, no, oh, great. She can see right through me, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that ties in with anything. And then crazy that you bring up my dad because. I recently did set boundaries with him and it didn't go very well. Um, And then, you know, he just texts me little texts and it's just weird because I'm trying to have a new relationship with him so that it can be a win-win thing instead of domination on me thing. Um, And I have to deal with that too, I guess. So I'm excited about the 22 because I didn't realize that was coming up for me, but I'm ready to take the challenge. (laughs) Yeah, the 22 tells me you will master this. And sometimes mastering it is not what you expect. That's why I say let go of your expectations. Uh, People, when when I say you'll master it, they may think, well, everything will go the way I want it to. No, that doesn't necessarily mean that. It, It can mean that you will realize that all things are perfect and that there is harmony and peace no matter how it looks. When you feel loved inside of you and you realize that everyone is actually doing the best they can you do come to peace and you do come to contentment and you will continue to reach out but if it goes nowhere you have done everything you need to complete the holistic part of you that you must complete in this lifetime that is what mastery is it isn't what we get from anyone else it's what we do that allows us to be whole within ourselves. And and it also, our very first relationship, the very most important loving relationship is with ourselves, Not with other people, but it's, it's, it's 
loving yourself and being content within yourself and being proud of yourself and thrilled with yourself. And the, the more that, that that becomes not ego, but, but to just love yourself as who you are, um, then it's easier for other people to love you. You know, it's, um, if any one of us could just understand how much creator adores us and sees us completely individual, completely unique, each one of us, we are truly completely unique. If we could just get a glimmer of that, it would be helpful. Do your best to remember that. showing me. I am. No, I just looked at my phone. It's 22 minutes, 22 seconds. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, I love it. Thank you. And it's just, yeah, it is. It's a hard thing. And you can't really talk to anybody about it because they haven't lived through it. Um, and I'm trying to think, too. Um, I definitely have been working on the self-worth stuff. And it does tie in with my parents because especially my mom, I always felt like foolishly felt like why, you know, if my mom can't even love me and my mom doesn't even want to spend time with me, oh, then yes. how can I be good for anything? Yeah. <laughs> you well, know? you know, I, I'm so right there with you. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's I, I'm right there with you. And I you. didn't even realize I had those problems until a few years ago and the self-worth wow. thing, I, I didn't realize how bad it was, you know, but. That's something I always said to myself for so many years. So it's like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? We all have the ability to rise beyond the physical experience of uh, parenting our parents, you know. When I was little, my mother was uh, not a normal woman. Uh, she might have been present, but, you know, she did things that no normal mother would ever do and she said things that would make anyone feel like they weren't worthy of being alive but you know you eventually it becomes your responsibility to love you and to understand that no matter who your mom is a part of her absolutely loves you but moms don't always know how to show it they are also involved in their experiences and their perceptions and the way they were raised and they are challenged we want them to be perfect we want them to be that loving wonderful being that we always think a mom should be but they're human beings and the states of consciousness of the mom are usually nowhere near the expanded consciousness of the child So love who you are, you're divine, you're delightful, and you know what? Me and Barbara love you. Yeah. Thank you. I love you guys. (laughs) You know, I'm sure. You're right, and I do got to remind myself of that because, um, and I do see it a lot. I really, really do, but then I feel like I get stabbed in the back so many times. So then I kind of felt like lately, is it even worth it? I mean, am I going to keep doing this and then another thing happens? And But see, that's because you're um, having expectations that it will be right, right this next time. And, and that's why you feel like you're stabbed in the back. If you have no expectations, you won't feel that. You'll you know what? Say, that's a hard you know, 
okay. It's kind of, if you if you ever worked with a feral cat, um, you know you can get out there and you keep giving that little kitty something, and hopefully someday you'll they'll let you pet them. <laughs> <laughs> and it sometimes but, takes years. And literally, it can take years, and it may never even happen. But you are providing the love and the benefits of that being. You are doing what the divine wants you to do. So when you're loving your mom, you're right. I would not her- feel good if I didn't give it my all. I really would. Exactly. Would give it my all. And and you know, Michelle, <laughs> it's it's really you know when you look at the whole thing. Um, sometimes when I face I face a couple of situations like this, and and I I just sat back and I said, okay, so that didn't work. Um, let me try another avenue of approach here, and and I always take it on as like. Okay, I, I've got this situation, you know, we are never given something that is more than we can handle. So that means someplace inside of me, deep inside, is another way of approaching it. So let me find another way. And, you know, every every time, you know, something doesn't work, you know, you can scratch that off the list and then just sit back and say, okay, I can approach this a different way. I can turn up with coffee and coffee cake and she can't cancel on me because I'm standing right in front of her. I mean, and if that doesn't work, then you find another approach because sooner or later you will find, she will realize that there's just no getting away from you. She's going to have to deal with you. But if you, if you try to make a date and then she, you give her the option of canceling, that's setting yourself up for being stabbed in the back. So, so take another way of looking at it. And, and and understanding that this is a challenge to your creativity to find a way to approach her that she's comfortable with and that she can't get out of. <laughs> you are so yeah, It's been going on for years. So, yes, like 20 years. <laughs> yeah, but you appreciate me at the end of all this. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. Wow, you're yeah. Look- no, you're looking, you're looking for the wrong thing. You have to, you know, it's not that she'll appreciate you. It's that she'll at least let you in the door. You're yeah, not. I don't feel like I want to get in the door lately. I feel like, uh, is it worth even getting in the door? Absolutely. And when I say stabbed in the back, it's more than just canceling, you know? No, I got you, but, but you're, <laughs> don't, take the, emo- take the emotion out of it. It's a challenge. Don't let it get the better of you. I mean, I, you know, I've had, I had, I was in, in a spiritual development group and there was somebody in there that, um, her name was Jane and I just loved the way she talked. I loved her attitude. I loved everything. And she and her friend decided that, that the group was, well, they thought we were a cult eventually. And when they left, I thought, and they cut everybody off. And I kept thinking to myself, I really like her and I miss her. So I started once a month calling her just to say, hi, how are you doing? How's your cat? How's your dog? How's your kids? You know, and, and then I get off the phone and this went on for, for a couple of years. And finally she said, you know, you call me about once every month and, and just to chat, you never ask anything. You never, it's always very light conversation. Why? And I said, because I like you and I want you in my life no matter Whatever way you will allow me to be in your life, I'll accept that. But I like you. I enjoy talking to you. And and I'm not willing to let somebody as special as you go. So, you know, 
according to whatever level is is comfortable for you, I will continue to do this. And it went on for another couple of years. And all of a sudden, you know, three years down the road, she called me. And I went, whoa. And she said, yep, I figured it was my turn to drop a dime. And I said, okie doke. <laughs> and, and it never got to let's have coffee, let's have lunch, whatever, whatever. But now, now it's almost on a yearly basis. She, she, she got a divorce. She moved to Wounded Knee. She's living with an Indian there. And um, about once a year, I pick up the phone and we check in with each other. and We have a lovely conversation and that's it for the year. Um, but I, she just was so special. I just couldn't let her out of my life. And, uh, eventually she gave in, (laughs) but it took years. It took years. (laughs) That's cute. But it does work. It does work. And and so should I just go with an attitude of of like, okay, I'm going to invite my mom. So when there's no expectations, it's just like, I love her for being my mom. And for that reason, I'm going to have this intention that I want to get together with her for the intention of just enjoying each other. That yes, can but be if, like if, my new mindset. <laughs> if you, if you invite and then just her. let it go completely. No, but if you invite her, then she can cancel on you. I would turn up at the door. I'd say, hi, I was in the neighborhood. I thought I'd drop by and say hi. And if she says I'm busy, you say, okay, I just wanted to say hi. How are you? I love you. And then leave. Okay. Just, you know, just you're threatening to her. You have to let her yes, become comfortable. Yeah, no, no, and and it's on an emotional level. You're scary. So, so you know, all you have to do is say, "Just thought I'd stop by and say hi." Hi, uh, want to let you know? And, and bring cake or ice cream or something. Yeah, and Please you know, into that just, for sure. <laughs> just say I I baked cookies. I had extra. I thought you might enjoy them. I can't stay, but but enjoy and then take off. Do not try try to stay and talk or have milk and cookies or whatever. Just make it so comfortable for her for you to turn up at the door that she's not scared. Sooner or later, she'll ask you in. But it may be six months to a year. But or keep more. at it. Yeah. Or but more. she, you, you threaten her with, you know, say I love you and leave. Don't, 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 don't try to hug. Don't try to, nah, leave it. Keep it casual. She's threatened by you. Let her get comfortable with you. Okay. If you invite her, she has ex- if you invite her, then she's forced to be in your presence and she's scared. Don't scare her. Leave her in her territory. No, I always have tried not to and then no, do the, do love the drop. Him, but then after so many years it just kinda gets old, like love, 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 and then I just get smushed, 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 you know. Yes, but you're doing the same thing. I could, I could write a whole book about her and ask, but, you know, but all the things that happened. You're repeating the same situation over and over and over again. You have to change the scenario. Right. Yeah, and, and, and Michelle, you know, you're also, your intention is the key, you know. Right. Your intention is to be able to connect with her and to have a reciprocal experience. She's not capable of that yet. So you're going to have to do the groundwork. And you think you've been doing it, but maybe the way you've been doing it has contained that intention. 
if you remove that intention and have no expectations and just say, I'm going to deliver love every day or once a month or once a week, whenever I can, and I'm just going to deliver love and maybe there'll be ice cream with it or cookies or something, but I'm going to deliver it so that my mother discovers that I'm a person that she wants to see. And uh, Hmm. rather than invite her, just deliver something. You know, sometimes just writing your heartfelt thoughts and sending a letter can be really helpful. Or writing the letter and not sending it. Because I see it, but then I feel like, but why do I feel I need her love? Or why do I feel like I need a relationship? Is it that important? Well, it is to you that if if your feelings are telling you that, it is important to you. Because what you're doing is you are learning something that is very important. You are learning that you are more important than your connections with others. Including someone as biologically drawing as a mom. You couldn't, you couldn't pick a more difficult challenge. You know, that's it. It's, it's the biggest one. I mean, we can have relationships with our father. We can have relationships with siblings. We can have relationships with a lover, a husband, a wife, a child. But the relationship with your mom is your first relationship and it is one that you have tremendous expectations that it will be a good one. It's not for everyone. Unfortunately, it wasn't for you at all. You were abandoned. And now you're asking why. Please give me something. Throw me a bone. But what you need to be doing is saying, I am here and I love you. I didn't understand you. I don't know why you left me. I don't know why you make me feel so small and so weak and so little and so unimportant. But I'm going to make you feel important. And someday maybe you will start to see how important I am. Yeah, but don't say that to her. No, no, no. <laughs> don't say yeah, that. <laughs> and then with my dad too, you know, I, I mean – Again, like, you know, you said it just perfectly. That's why I'm so thankful that I can listen back to this because you mentioned how I did glorify my dad because he's all I had. Mm -hmm. Um, But then after I moved out and lived my life, I realized, whoa, you know, he wasn't my dad. We never bonded. Um, It was more like what I say goes. And I never got to have a say, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So once I put my foot down with him, he was pretty upset. (laughs) And I didn't really do a whole lot. I just basically told him, you know, stop coming over to my house unannounced and start showing up to the birthday parties and the things that, you know, we can do as a family. Just don't come over when it's convenient for you. And um, because that's what he would do. And then he'd expect me to drop everything, you know, and it's like it's 8 o'clock. I just putting the kids to bed and he just never could understand that. Um, and we really haven't spoken, but when he texts me, it's something like, hey, I have some tomatoes. Do you want some? Well, that's, that's <laughs> you know, I good. Haven't, I haven't talked to you for six months, and I just, I don't even know how to respond. I'm just like. Well, um, you respond. You know, I'd like to get some tomatoes. tomatoes. You don't eat tomatoes. <laughs> well, then you can't <laughs> respond. I'm um, coming to get tomatoes. Uh, no, just uh, say I'd I love tomatoes. Well, you know, what you do is you say, I'd love some tomatoes. Here's when I'm going to be home, and, and I'd love to see you. 
give him the time. Yeah, I guess I just don't feel it. I got to figure out what that is because lately I feel like, oh, you know. What you, what's happened he, to you is you discovered your dad is selfish. You discovered what your mother discovered oh, yeah. a long time ago. That your dad is okay. selfish. And, sure. you know, that's sure. okay. He is selfish. That's who he is. But you, by standing up and saying, Dad, you have to call ahead. We have to set up times to connect. You stood your ground. Now like you have to give times, a look. Three times. <laughs> okay. So now, yeah, now you're the one who needs to extend and say, you know, Dad, I'd like us to sit and talk. I'd like you to tell me stories of when you were a child. And uh, I need to hear them so I can give them to our to my children. And see if you can get a time from him where you connect with him. And what you're doing by doing that is he's going to be doing what he likes to do the most, talking about himself. He's a very selfish individual. So give him that. And he will give you love. And it's important to have their love because I, I don't know. I'm just I'm well, you, you know what? You would be <laughs> so troubled so if it wasn't important to health. you, sweetie. Very <laughs> true. I understand that. You're right. I could just drop it and not even care, but I do. If care. you were so at peace with dropping it, sure. you would be at peace right. and you wouldn't have this conversation. But you're not. You're right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe it's just it's just easier to just because uh, I didn't even well, answer his text because I expected him to say, "Hey, can I see you?" Or what are the boys doing? You know. And so I'm like, "Do I want tomatoes? You haven't talked to me in eight months." <laughs> well, I would make him a nice list of all the things your children are doing and say, "Dad, we'd love for you to show up at these games." love for you and right. you should make sure to invite him to all the events and he will sooner or later show up because he does want to see the children okay doesn't appear that way the actions you know it doesn't appear that way so i just well, didn't know i felt like i felt like oh goodness you're more of a pain in my neck when i have you over or around so then should i just stop trying to play the game or no he's trying like, to make contact worth it he, he only knows a certain way of doing things, but you are the one who has to set the parameters in your home. And in the past, and you didn't do that. that. Sure. And as a result right, of I that, didn't. it takes time to make that change. Don't expect it instantaneous. My mother, the things I had to do, my sister has ne was never capable of doing them. She was always uh, ridden by my mother. My mother would... Tell her I need this or I need that or come over or whatever. And my sister would just take it. And it, it, it made my sister very angry inside. I didn't do that. I just said, you know, Mom, I don't like you being negative. And so when you're around me, you're going to be positive or there's the door. I did say it and I yeah, said it like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was not on point way I said it, dad, but it was yeah. very plain and... <laughs> And uh, and she learned that that was the, the, all there was going to be to it because I wasn't going to put up with it anymore. That's not I don't I want peace and joy in my life. I want you to be part of that peace and joy because I love you. And uh, but I don't want to be in a position where I have to deal with negativity. That's not what I want in my life. And my mother was perfectly capable of doing things that were fun. I just needed to guide her to do it that way. 
that's yep and that's exactly what I'm doing with my dad I'm trying to invite him to like Chuck E. Cheese to play the games but then he sits in the booth the whole time uh, well, like, no. Chuck e. Cheese? Like, no, but that may not be his thing too I mean come on you're taking him out of his element be fair Chuck E. Cheese that's, is definitely that's out true, of his but then when his wife showed up they walked around and he played games with her so then I felt like crap I can't what but again I had those expectations I was yeah. like oh there's no way that he can't play with them now but then his wife showed up and they sat down ate pizza and then they got tokens and walked around with each other and played and I'm like Oh, okay. This didn't go at but, all how I thought. You but, know, I thought wait, they could embrace the kids. But wait a minute. Give him credit. He was there. True. This Step true. one. He was there. But I mean, gosh, like, I, I must be blessed with the most amazing friends around me because we all get it. And I could tell them my boundaries. And right away, they're like, okay, Michelle, yeah, cool. I totally get you. And they would respect that. And they embrace now, well, my children when we there, go out. There, so why? there you go, Michelle. There's states of consciousness. That's what I told you a few minutes ago. Okay, you're in a, okay. Your friends I, are in a state okay. of consciousness that you're in. Your parents are not. They didn't get there yet. Right. Oh, that's exactly true. <laughs> you got to give them okay, space okay. to be who they are and oh. work, around, work with it. You yes. can do this. Yeah, it makes me feel blessed to have who I have around me. And, and it's, yeah. you know, it's baby steps. It's baby steps. And that he turned up, that she turned up, that they played games. That was, that was big. That was really, really big. Don't, don't, you know, give him. You've got to see the positive side of everything. See the glass half full, not half empty. Don't look for what's not there. Look for what is there. The more you do that, the more you're going to feel good about life. Very true. Oh, I love that a lot. That's a good way of looking at it. I, I guess I always felt like I had to protect myself, but I'm realizing more and more how that is just that fear of the what if. You now, know? you know what you know what you're doing? I mean, do you see what you're doing? You are afraid of being rejected, so you're not trying. That's exactly what happened with your mother. Okay. You're becoming your mother. Being oh, my God. Don't say that to her. <laughs> oh. There's been a lot of examples of that in my life, but I don't. I just try to get better at it. <laughs> no, but 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 do um, under, small, do under, small times throughout in my life. Do understand what you're doing? Well, I, I mean, recognize it, stop it, and change it. Okay. You know, so like life, life is not my dad. Life, life <laughs> is not as complicated. What I have as, done then? As we make it, 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 it's, it comes. It always drains back down to a very simple practice. And that is to just do and treat everyone, including your parents, the way you want to be treated. It doesn't matter what they give to you. It only matters what you give to them. Anything they give to you is just a bonus. Because when you end your life and you leave this body, you need to be able to look back and say, I did the right thing everywhere. I did what I knew was the right thing. That's contentment and peace. Whether a mother or father comes to your aid, that's not what makes contentment or peace. That is a nice positive experience, but spirit will bring someone in to pick up the slack. And it may be a best friend. It may be a person you don't even know. 
the guy who stops because your car stopped on the highway and he gets out and he dials the phone and gets your car running and helps you. Know that spirit's always there helping you and see your life is going down a path where you do what you know is right in your heart. If you do that, you'll always be at peace. And that's what we're all really looking for. We want to be in a place of peace and joy. We can't guarantee a parent will be there. We can't guarantee a parent will be kind or understanding. We can only know that we had parents because someone had to give birth. So cherish what you have. You're you're going down yeah, the right definitely path. Definitely appreciating a lot right now. I'm like, oh my god, this is awesome because I definitely just like a week ago was like, I'm just done with both of them. I just don't need parents. They're out of my life forever. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the easy road. And you're right. I wouldn't be talking about it if I didn't care. And I do care. It, I'm just gonna have to drop those expectations, like you said. And and coming from that love, I feel like I've been doing that for so long, and nothing's happened. But then it's okay. There my expectations again. It, it's okay. <laughs> so. It's okay if nothing happens. The well, you point know, is, it, you're showing your children what the right step is. Sure. There's there's old an old saying too. The love in your heart wasn't put there to stay. Love isn't love till you give it away. And that's, that's not expecting that's a return. Yeah. That's not expecting a return. The more you give, the more you have access to. So, oh, I'm don't. so thankful for my conscious friends and for you guys for being conscious. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if I could have even have talked to a therapist to make them understand. <laughs> yeah, no, this is great. I really appreciate it. I'm looking at it way differently now. And I think this is going to be a big step for me. That, that's the miracle right there. When we shift our consciousness, we have a miracle. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and mastery, that number 22, which is all over this chart, and actually the number, the m- Mars in this position is at 1111. <laughs> the more I stare at this chart, the more I marvel. <laughs> so you, you're in a space of mastery, mastery to manifest the life you want. Take action to manifest it, not by trying to control the details, but by being who you are. Oh, with, with that oh, said, <laughs> th- thanks for thanks for calling, Michelle, and thanks for being here, Michelle. <laughs> Many blessings <laughs> to you too. Good night now. Thanks so much, you guys are awesome. Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message. This is Barbara DeLong, host of Nightlight Radio, inviting you to join me on a cosmic journey, exploring a metaphysical montage of spiritual material, covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns 
and everything in between, including spiritual readings for those who seek enlightenment. Let Nightlight provide you with equal measure of light, love and laughter, insight, wisdom, and inspiration. Monday nights, 10 to 12 p.m. Eastern, right here on Studio B, Revolution Radio, at freedomslips.com. <laughs>